0: Garrett Davis gets home, and the all-black sideline explodes here
1: in Hamilton. caught the five! He went through Marcus Dale's hands, and Kyron Moore the presence of mind to catch it and step out of bounds at the five with 20 seconds to go.
0: Pressure loads it up, goes down the field, taking a shot into the end zone! He caught it! Touchdown, Tigertown! Brandon Banks, how did he do it? It was weird as shit seeing Brandon Banks wearing an Argos jersey last Friday night in Guelph. I just want to start <laughs> yeah. the, the podcast there. It was one of those things where it's like, I know this is going to be weird. I'm expecting this to be weird. And then you actually see him wandering around in warm-ups. And it was like, what is happening? I also love that he wore yellow gloves in that preseason game against the Tie Cats. I was like, they didn't give you any blue ones yet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um- Man,
1: Banks and Jagarad crossing yeah. the, going down the highway.
0: Jagarad Davis in warm-up last Friday in Guelph went down and pretended to jump Ted Laurent. And it was the most fun that I have seen anybody have on a CFL field in so long. He ran down, he like locked him in a, in a headlock, and then he like got Dylan Win and started punching him in the gut and going crazy. And I actually had somebody tap me on the shoulder, uh, and they're like, he still wishes he was in Hamilton. And I was like, oh, really? You think so? it was somebody from Hamilton that tapped me on the shoulder and they they saw me watching it and they're like, he wishes he was here. And I was like, well, they offered a lot of money and they're like, I'm pretty sure we offered him more money than Toronto did and he just wanted to be in the city. I was like, that's not the narrative that we were told. It was that Jaguar, oh, wow. Jaguar got offered a ton of money and he left town it was like, Ooh, did Hamilton actually offer more money and get turned down? I don't know. That's a weird one. But, yeah, both of them being in, in Toronto is going to be fun because, you know, they, Argos and the Ticats only play, like, 17 times a year. So.
1: <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Man. Uh, you, you mentioned a couple – you mentioned a name in there. Uh, you mentioned Dylan Wynn. I was mm-hmm. watch, we watched the top 50 yesterday, and Wynn came in at, like, I forget what it was, in the 30s or something. And guys came in 20, – oh, 27. I said it uh, feels more like he should have been 12th. Like, that – for anybody listening, Dylan wins a monster, yeah. monster, and needs to be acknowledged as such.
0: Uh, I want to talk about that top 50 for a second here off the top as we welcome you into the breakdown. Uh, Derek Taylor at DT on OB is where you can find him. I am at TSN underscore Marsh here on the show. And we, of course, are brought to you by our good friends at Fox 40s. You can uh, master your game plan with Fox 40 coaching boards. Choose from a range of clipboards and carry boards to help with your sideline needs. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards and more. Again, take 15% off of your order. With the code CFP15 is how you take advantage of all of that. Um, That top 50, uh, you know, there's a lot of people on social media saying, like like yourself, that, hey, this guy should have been higher. This guy should have been lower. The thing that I have come to to peace with in the last, I would say, two years, maybe three of voting on that thing is that it's impossible. And I think we all do the best job that we can. And we all have differing opinions on where players should be. But it really speaks to the uh, the inconsistency and in analysis, I would say, across the league of what what matters. Where do you find mm. where where do you find value? Because I think I saw your tweet about Mike Rose, and, oh. and and that's one of those ones where I remember on this podcast last year, DT, where you said, you know, we were six weeks in or something. You said, who do you think is leading the Calgary Stampeders in pressures? And I did the back of the mind scratch. Uh, you know, I'm like, I've watched all the games twice and Mike Rose and you're like, whoa, you got it. And it was for for you to watch the games, not that other media members and people that vote in the top 50 don't, but to watch that really closely, it's like, yeah, Mike Rose is a game changer, but he's not a marquee name. Like if you're going to no. go defensive ends and people with notoriety and like, I, I could not tell you what Mike Rose looks like if he was standing three feet in front of me. And that's kind of the sad fact of maybe the position he plays, maybe the lack of uh, marketing in some teams with certain players that we don't get to see enough of them. Kadeem Carey in Calgary, I know him. I see his smile. It's big. It's beautiful. I see Bo. I see Kamar Jordan. I see. But, I mean, even guys like at times Jameer Thurman, Darnell Sankey, Derek Moncrief, like on the defensive side specifically, you might know a bunch of those names. But in the top 50 list, I just feel like they get
1: disrespected a lot of the time. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know. So that, that's why I love having counted and go, "Oh, Mike Rose is number 3 in the league in quarterback pressures in 2021." And you go, "From the interior." Yeah. Holy cow. That's that is a fantastic test and it's not the first year he's done it, right? Tremendous in 2019 as well. So when I started crafting mine, I was like, "Mike Rose is, in my mind is a top 10 disruptor in the CFL." Uh there were there were a lot of guys in the in, I had in my top 10 that uh, They all made the list, but they made it way further down. Like I, I had Duke Williams at number two. I think Duke Williams is a monster in this league. And I mean, I mean, Duke Williams might top or top two in, in receiving this year, receiving yards this year, Derek Moncrief in Edmonton, pardon me now in Saskatchewan, but from a year in Edmonton, I went, that's enough. I've seen enough. That guy's going to be a monster again in my top 10 because These guys are just monster impact players. And I'm going to say monster, apparently 40 times during this podcast, but those guys are just impact elite athletes at this level. And that Duke Williams wasn't the top receiver on there. I thought we we have different criteria for what I I was trying to forecast 2022. Uh, Some people may have been going, Hey, he only played half a season in 2021. Totally get it. Totally get it. Totally fair. Uh, I think Duke Williams is going to rip it up this year, just hopefully not Labor Day manageable.
0: (laughs) And the other thing that that I think about that is there's a lot of people who might have been looking at the way that Cody struggled with the deep ball, and they think, well, if Duke is going to have success, a big chunk of that is going to be on passes of 20 yards or more. And I do think it was a large anomaly which is tough to say because it was a huge sample size but I don't think Cody's that bad on the deep ball I don't think he's going to struggle that way again this year is he going to be great I don't know is he going to be good I don't know but he can't be that bad again he's not going to be that bad again and and so that's where I think maybe some hesitancy came from on voting for Duke on some of these things is that like you got to Trust the guy that's that's pulling the trigger for you. It's the reason why I think a lot of the Edmonton offense was devalued because we have no idea what they're going to be or what they're going to look like or who they're going to use or who's going to start at quarterback or like it should be Arbuckle. But do we even know what Arbuckle is really going to bring at this point? Like I've yeah. got I've got confidence in him, but over the long haul, is he going to be able to get it done and make Kenny Lawler be what Kenny Lawler was with Claros in 2021? Like these are all fun questions that, of course, we will get answers to as we begin the season. Um yep. But the other part of this that I thought was kind of intriguing in the top 50 list, as you talk about Duke is like, who was the one player that you really struggled with? Because for me, hmm. just you, you reminded me of the struggle I had with this when you talked about Duke um, is Brian Burnham. Like, because okay. I have so much respect for Brian Burnham and he's still getting it done. But I had people this year leading up to the draft process saying to me we got to get younger in bc at the receiver position we got to get younger we got to get younger we got to be more and it's like the reason a lot of people i talk to this offseason think that brian is so good is that he's not separating he's not running away from people he's not but what he's doing is making spectacular grabs but he's making so many grabs difficult for himself because he's not running away from people in the way that he maybe did earlier on in his career he's a more veteran guy he's not exactly g roy simon with the riders right? Like where he's just kind of like running seam routes and hoping that the coverage allows him to be the guy, which it wasn't the great cup in 2013, by the way. Uh, but the idea of Brian Burnham having the level of respect that I do for him, which is like 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. and, and then the offense he's playing in and then me being nervous as all hell about what's going to happen in BC in that backfield. And so I just, I struggled with where to put him because there were so many factors that had me casting doubt upon my own respect for him.
1: Is he at this? And I, I'd have to check, but is Burnham thirty-two? Like at, at right now, is he a better route running Manny Arsenal when Manny was a BC Lion in the last couple of years? Is he a better route running Manny Arsenal? Is that what? he, That's I'll take it. I will take that. Yeah. And like that's that's still in, in this league. I mean, there's there's Kenny Lawler who was unbelievable last season, but it was one season. Right. And there's Brian Burnham who's been incredible since. 17 uh, has he been incredible for four straight seasons again I'd have to go back and check exactly when we first noticed that this Burnham kid was was uh, unbelievable but there's there's a certain amount of track record and the hardest thing sometimes seems to be doing it again yeah. like if Lawler matches last year's yards per game output there's several factors in this but if he matches last year's yards per game output I'll eat my hat because Edmonton this year to me is not going to be Winnipeg's offense last year and and he may well struggle though though he he may be better than he was last year skill for skill but is he going to produce as much because so many things go go into that I I'm still I'm still on team Burnham I probably I had him top 15 for sure I think it was probably 12 or 13 yeah uh, but I had him top 15 for sure and He's going to be extended by the fact that, oh, there's Lucky Whitehead at the X and Lucky Whitehead is all of a sudden gone for 95 yards.
0: (laughs) Uh, Who was the player for you? Who was the one that you struggled with because either you valued them so highly, but you had to call into question or you don't really believe in them, but they're surrounded by a great setup that you think might help them?
1: Oh, boy, I struggled with where to put running backs. So I probably really struggle with Andrew Harris, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm going back through the numbers because, again, I'm forecasting for 2022. William Standback, Montreal's offensive line. uh, There's a stat I I borrowed from Football Outsiders, and I'm just – my camera is just killing it today. (laughs) Uh, There's a a stat called Adjusted Line Yards from Football Outsiders, and it says uh, it tries to attribute success in the run game to the offensive line. So any carry for a loss is credited 120%. Zero to four, credited 100%. 5 to 9 or 5 to 10 is credited, blah, blah. And 10 plus, no credit to the offensive line because their their job is, is done, whether that carries 10 yards or 95 yards. Uh, Montreal, number two in that stat that last year, this far behind the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which people will not be surprised to know. Toronto, seventh. Like, they had a John White game early on that was incredible, but they were not real great at moving moving people out of the way of their running backs, right? So Andrew Harris, I do not believe is going to have a great year. And we're going to go, yes, well, he's he's older now. He's 35. So a lot of, he was pretty, he was good in spots at 33. He was great at 33, good in spots at 34. All of a sudden falling off a cliff. It's going to be the circumstances around him if he has a down year and he misses the top 50 the following year. So I struggled with Andrew Harris. I struggled with where I put all the running backs and Marsh, I don't know if you're the same. I struggled with, I only had three quarterbacks in my top 50 ballot or my, my top, we vote 40, right? Yes, top forty yeah. ballot. I only had three quarterbacks in there and that seems blasphemous in the game of football, honestly.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I tend to go quarterback heavy just because of the importance yeah, that they, ha- they have on the game. Right. And I, um, uh... I mean, but it's difficult because you're looking, you're like, I can't put our buckle in right now under the circumstances. I can't put Rourke in under the circumstances. Michael Riley's gone. Bo Levi's coming off of his injury, which we'll get to in a second. Um, Dane Evans still has a lot to prove, even though people have a lot of confidence in him. Jeremiah Masoli's in a new situation. McLeod Bethel-Thompson's in the second year. He should prove it. But last year, it was like 66% completion rate, 12 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's like, yeah, you start going across the board, and you're like, where's where's the marquee? Because there's a lot of good parity. And there's yeah. a lot of there's a ton of interesting storylines that we'll get to feast on for the next 21 weeks plus playoffs. But in but in terms of this is the guy, it's like Kolaros and everybody else right now.
1: That's and that's exactly where I'm at. If if Bo by Mitchell is healthy, okay, then number two makes sense. Okay. He if he's 2018, Bo, number two, number one, I get it. But I had I had Zach at one, I had I had Cody probably at 20, and I had Jeremiah masoli probably just a hair behind him because I still, Mm -hmm. with Jeremiah, I still struggle with, well, he threw for 5,000 yards in 2018 and he got pulled from the East Final in 2021. And both those things are Jeremiah Masoli, right? So after that, I thought, can I put MBT in here? Uh, You know me, I'm not a believer in Dane Evans. Uh, I'm not a believer in Vernon Adams. I haven't seen it yet. And then the the, the rest of the gang is just too fresh and too new. And I wouldn't know what to do with Nathan Rourke in a, in a, yeah. on a top 40 ballot, except to go, you're not, you don't make it quite yet. It's, it was really hard on quarterbacks this year. Um, easier. I, I feel like easier almost everywhere else, but it was really hard for me on QBs.
0: Yeah, it's totally fair. The last thing I'll say here on the top 50 is I, I, Had this moment of frustration when I was driving to pick up my son from daycare the other day, where for some reason this thought just invaded my mind. And I spent the whole 15 minutes on the drive to daycare just like trying to find a solution. And I just couldn't. And it's an age old problem and it's not a sexy take. But when I was thinking about the voting on this and all of the quality players, because I'll be honest with you, I begin every year with this ballot thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get to like 40 guys that are of a super high caliber and then i start doing the ballot i'm like i could put 100 down like as soon as i start actually trying i'm like oh my god this guy has to get pushed and that guy has to p-. and it's, you start to realize whoa every year it's a great reminder for me of the quality of players american canadian that we have in this league across the board because i start going i can't believe this guy's not in my top 40 and the one that was bothering me on that drive to pick up my son was offensive line and the yeah. re- the reason for that is that you do great work when it comes to offensive line units and being able to be game changers and the statistics that you're talking about, but as a whole, not just the CFL football at large, like, yeah, PFF has got, you know, the pass protection win rate and uh, you know how much they influence specific running plays on run blocking and, and their grades there and stuff. And that that's honestly the most accurate way that we have to be able to evaluate these things. But by and large, we live in an era where football analysis is more available and smarter than ever but if you don't have access to that pff stuff or pff is not grading your offensive linemen in your league and you don't have access to that type of information trying to evaluate offensive line play in the cfl not in again this is not a shot at other media this is a self criticism that i'm bothered by mm-hmm. it's it's i don't want to say it's impossible because i watch enough tape to be able to know who the guys are that really matter and change the game just like you do but the the landscape as a whole, evaluating offensive line play, is just dumb. It's just, <laughs> it, it's like, yeah. hey, you're a left tackle, you're 6'6", six, six, your team doesn't give up many sacks, congratulations. I find this when I'm evaluating the draft, is I, I'm looking into an offensive lineman, and the only information I get is, uh, his, you know, for <laughs> the guys that I was looking at this year, it's like, uh, you know, his, his team was third in the OUA in team rushing yards. And I'm like, woof, that doesn't teach me anything. I don't know if this guy played. And then of course you have to go back and watch the film and see what he does and how consistent he is and how many. So it's the work that gets you to the point where you respect somebody yeah. But people don't sit down and hammer out Laval versus, uh, you know, University of Montreal on a Tuesday afternoon in February. So by and large, when a kid gets drafted, like Cyril Hogan, St. Don say let's go to the Ottawa Red Blacks, the center for Laval. It's like, I hear all these great things about him, but like when he gets into the league in five years, do I know whether or not to put him in my top 50 vote? I to, unless I'm grinding tape, there's no way to know. And it, it's just, it bothers me that there's so many high caliber players But when we're having the discourse of where do we put them in our top 50 ballots? Mm. Well, well, I can zero in on things that Darnell Sankey does or Jameer Thurman, or I can look at Nick Marshall and where he ranks against the rest of the corners. And there's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of information. There's a lot that we can dive into with this and offensive line play. It's just really stupid, basic analysis. And that bothers me because I want to be able to talk about those guys more honestly and more accurately to be honest.
1: Well, and, and it becomes one play analysis, right? You remember the thing he did right good or bad what that guy did and you may be a couple points how was how was Derek? how was derek dennis's 2022 we'll look back because derek dennis got stuck in my mind well he may remember he pancaked that one guy in that game i saw and then he got he got beat on a twist in this this other game i saw and you go okay but he took like 1200 snaps right so and you can't possibly remember 1200 snaps so for me it kind of works to count it and it's far from perfect it's Far from perfect because I don't know the exact I, – I, and I don't say this at all sarcastic, but it's slide right. Okay, well, I don't know exactly who was in charge of getting whom. But for me, I can look at it and go, I think it was this guy's fault. To me, having this count of things that I think were his fault is better than not having it and just having to to guess. And then the other part of it is if, you, if you're not doing the PFF thing you talk about and you're talking to coaches – well, are yeah. coaches incentivized to tell you the truth even if it's on the slide? For for whatever reason they may say that I love that guy, I don't like that guy, he's great, he's bad. I shouldn't ask him to do that. Is is one and the guys at PFF have brought this up before. Well, it's unfair to unfair to give that guy a negative grade because I I shouldn't ask him to do that. He's not talented enough for that. Like, yeah, but you asked him to do it. So, <laughs> we have to grade him on that. Is PFF's response in that situation. Right. We we can't count that because that's now we can just do that forever. Right. So coaches aren't incentivized to tell us the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So we as fans and we as analysts have to go find it for ourselves and find a way that works. And for every, every criticism I'll get on, on social media, I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There are people on there who know offensive line play way better than I do, but that's Mike Rose again, busting through there. So I know Mike Rose is really good at football. Let's go.
0: Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on this is that, um, you know, it's not an offensive lineman, but from the running back position, Devontae Williams is going to be the lead man for the Red Blacks, we know, coming up this week, because William Powell is out with the injury against uh, DT's Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Friday night, and uh, in the preseason game against Montreal, he just completely whiffed on Tyrell Richards, the first overall pick blitzing, and Tyrell Richards ran in, blew up the quarterback, ball popped in the air, got picked up by, I think, Brock Gowanlock from the university of Manitoba who ran it back down the field. And I watched that clip and I was again, from my understanding of being a quarterback and understanding offensive line and basic protection schemes in in Canadian football, I looked at that and I was like, Whoa, man, that is clear as day that that is on him. But I could be wrong about that. Like, it might have been the responsibility of inside out where the the right tackle has got to jump inside. But I think you're going big on big where it should have been right tackle on defensive end and then the linebacker blitzing gets picked up by the running back. That would be basic rudimentary stuff. Um, But when I saw the combination of him mess that assignment up so badly and then him getting named the starter, I was like, oh, and you're playing Winnipeg. Okay, you think yeah. they're, not, they're not looking at that? They're like, "Hey, you guys just want to run like a random twist or two and see if this dude knows what the <laughs> hell he's doing."
1: Yeah, here's here's Adam Big Hill on a little delay. Let's see what happens. Oh, <laughs> oops, Masoli's down, and your futures bets on Masoli are now finished. <laughs> uh we
0: are only going to spend a couple of minutes here teeing up week number one because uh you know we, we have lots of time throughout the season to dig in on all of these topics and we wanted to get into the top 50 stuff primarily here in this episode but uh let's just kind of dance through you know 30 seconds maybe each on, on a couple of different topics from each of the games the first one i want to pitch you is um, bo levi mitchell and his health coming back how concerned should we be not just as analysts but more so as fans of the CFL game and I genuinely believe that whether Bo is playing the hero or the villain CFL is more interesting when Bo Levi Mitchell is making headlines and playing at a high level
1: yeah I think we have to be really concerned right because 19 and 21 were not we're not Bo Levi Mitchell quality when I watched him in 21 a- after he returned from the broken leg I, I saw a quarterback late in the season and you go you're not able to make the throws you your, your mind thinks you are. You see that shot across the middle that you used to be able to get there and it's not getting there. And I saw the same thing was in the Matt Nichols game that I, that I called and I went, mm. that's, that's not the arm you believe you have. And those guys are totally different quarterbacks, but I th- it felt to me like they were both dealing with the same thing of, I used to be able to do this, but at this moment, I can't. So for me, until I see Bo do it, I'm going to be wondering how long it is till it's Jake Mayer time.
0: And for me, the most concerning thing with Bo last year that I'm interested into whether or not it carries over into this season is his checkdown percentage between the hashes, which obviously is now squeezed, but between the hashes from zero to 10 yards in that checkdown zone, it was like 18.6% of his passes or something like that, which was about 5% above the league average. And I was like, Oh, wow. I was like, that's not Bo. That's so for me, that seems like an anomaly because I'm thinking that's not who he is. That's not who he has been is that who he's going to be moving forward or was that in the anomaly because he didn't trust his protection or he didn't like where his legs were. He didn't trust his armor. So he was just check down, check down, check down, get the ball out of my hand, be quick. That's the question I think that we have going into this one. Uh, VA is going to throw it 50 yards, six times. Like we know he's, we know he's going to get out there and sling it and have fun with it. But what are you most excited about Friday night in your first regular season call with the bombers?
1: I have been on team red black this offseason all the way through. I think the Ottawa red blacks under Sean Burke did fantastically in free agency, getting guys that I think are, are impact immediately. You go from what they had at quarterback last year to Masoli, big up. Here's Jalen Acklin. Okay. That's fantastic. Oh, by the way, this is money Hunter to be the boundary corner and money Hunter sub 50% completion percentage against last season. I thought he was tremendous and slightly overlooked. Uh, last season by the national folks. I think they added so much in free agency, including that entire offensive line for a team that ran 13 offensive line combinations in 14 games. You Williams and Darius Sirocco and Jacob Ruby and Hunter Stewart. uh, Hunter Stewart is the left guard I couldn't think of. And then whoever will be at right tackle, whether it's Randy Richards or somebody else. Like That's a substantial improvement in critically important spots. And then, oh, by the way, Avery Williams still works there. And here's still Cleon Lang concerns about their edges. But I, I've said a couple times today, only like not even half joking, but like 12% joking. This might be a great cup preview that I get to call on Friday.
0: Wow. Man, you imagine that the thing that I'm most interested in this is I remember all of the hype and all of the excitement about kicking off the 2021 season with the Hamilton tiger cats playing in Winnipeg as you had the ring ceremony and everything else. Masoli's back in Winnipeg in week one, and he's going to have to go through another Winnipeg Blue Bombers ring ceremony, but now he's an Ottawa red, black. Oh no,
1: that's right.
0: And in that game, you remember on the first drive for Hamilton, they just bing, 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 bing. Oh, Jalen Ackland fade ball down the left sideline. And everyone went, Holy shit. The Ticats offense is going to be unbelievable this year. Slight overreaction. And then Jeremiah gets dinged and then Dane comes in and then back and forth. They go for the next, you know, 14 weeks. Uh, really 14 plus the playoffs, but I'll be super interested to see Jeremiah back in that setting deja vu all over again. One year later, Jalen Ackland is his security blanket in the first quarter. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a moment where Jeremiah is going to try to get Jalen Ackland the football in a vertical way whether it's because his mind is just going to snap back into where he was in a previous life when he was wearing black and gold, or if it's the situation, the scenario, otherwise, but there's going to be a throw to Jalen Ackland that might define the first quarter of this game. I just feel like I have have this feeling that that's going to happen pretty early on.
1: Flip it to the field though, because it ain't getting there against Winston Rose. That's true. Oh man, that's going to be some lockdown on that short side.
0: Uh, Hamilton, Saskatchewan. I'm 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 just interested to see Dane go into hostile territory. That's what this is for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's the question, right? Hamilton no longer has the "Hey, we've got two quarterbacks" thing that everybody sort of envied last year. Uh, Saskatchewan. I looked at the the depth chart for that back five that they'll start, and it's Nick Marshall and Mike Adam, and then some young bodies oh. like Roland Milligan, who got there late last season as the boundary half, and. Moncrief will clean up a lot of things. I, their linebacking core, uh, if if Larry Dean is good to go, Dean, Sankey, Moncrief? Mm, yeah. I like that. But uh, A.C. Leonard and, and all the defensive ends, including Charleston Hughes, but no Micah Johnson, and Johnson led the league in tackles for a loss last season. Saskatchewan's had some significant losses to their roster, and they I think they probably hope to make up for it with the fact that their receiving core might be the best one in the Canadian football league when Kyron Moore is back.
0: And I'll round us out by just talking about BC Edmonton quickly here. And my, my main thinking on this is I'm so scared for Nathan Rourke and I shouldn't because I respect, I respect the hell out of him. I think he's great. I think he's got all of the tools to be a very good quarterback in the Canadian football league. It's not a Canadian Homer thing. It's I think he's legitimately good. The thing I'm scared of is I read an article the other day, I think from the province out in BC where Joel Figueroa was saying, we figured it out. Offensive line looks great. We're really good. I tuned into that preseason game against the Riders when Rourke was getting binged and bopped and thrown around and all sorts of things and missed assignments. And I was like, dude, like I, I want so badly for him to succeed. And I'm like, yeah. I I just, I just- this needs this needs to happen this needs to happen at a high level so that's gonna do it for us on the show this week thank you to everybody for tuning in as always we really do appreciate it through a move dt making his way from regina to winnipeg for me going radio to television you have always supported us here on canadian football perspective and specifically the breakdown if you want to check out a great episode we have this week on the daily news with uh, myself and mike daly talking to justin medlock super interesting dude we make fun of his age, his weight, everything else. He, we had a lot of laughs on that one and talk about him negotiating his own contracts, which I didn't know. just meant like wearing headphones in games, earplugs, like basically anything to block out the noise. It was a really interesting sports psychology conversation that we had with him from a kicking perspective as well. So that's available. And of course, finally, <sighs> these guys, the boys are back. All Canadian, Wade Zenketa and Connor O'Neill, as they are back up and raring to go. They've got a new show out for you on the network as well. Make sure that you're following along, subscribing, of course, to the podcast. So you don't miss any of the new episodes that we put out. Hoping to crank out uh, some new and different things for you as we head into the season. For now, thank you for following along with us. Thank you for being a part of Canadian Football Perspective. And we're looking forward to talking with you again right here on The Breakdown coming up next week as we review the results of week one and set up week two in which I will be on the call of Winnipeg, Ottawa, and so will DT. Do we do the breakdown live in person together next week? Stick around and find out.